Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Good day. Welcome to the Politics Show Pubcast. Love podcasts, hate nonsense. Bringing you the news this morning, myself, Oliver Dugmore. And me, Edward Campbell. First up, the Rugby World Cup. Springboks overcome the All Blacks by one point. Followed by that, Boris Johnson's heading to GB News. And our final story of the day, the COVID inquiry. But first, the sport with Edward Campbell. <laughs> the Springboks beat the All Blacks in a thrilling final in Paris <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday evening uh, by a thrilling margin of one. <laughs> I've not seen anything like it since uh, the Fosbury flop. <laughs> Back to you, Ollie. Thank you, Edward. Disgraced Prime Minister Boris Johnson has joined disgraced news channel GB News. The former Prime Minister will be presenting his own show. <laughs> On the wireless. <laughs> um, the podcast, hey, no, this is the Politics Show podcast, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> Dudes rock. Dudes rock. Do you think the audience will believe that wasn't scripted? No, <laughs> I think they. I think they will believe it because it, was, it wasn't actually. It wasn't as smooth as I expected it to be. Ava's away. The boys will play, and it's just the two of us in this rather news anchory looking setup. So absolutely, I think that. I think it was the right vibe to, to start with. <laughs> yes, and we may never repeat it. Yeah, I think probably not. It was quite Saturday Night Live. It was cold open. Yeah, I like it. Live from New York. No one knows what's fucking going on. Yep. Uh, how are you, Ed? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well. Uh, how were? Uh, 36 hours in Sofia. Um, tiring, draining for, well, people who don't know, which is literally everyone else. <laughs> I don't broadcast my travel plans. I was in Bulgaria for about a day and a half. I arrived at Sounds pretty punk. 11 p.m. Bulgaria time on Friday evening mm. and left at 6 a.m. Bulgaria time on Sunday morning. And in that time, we had, had some beers. Mm-hmm. We went to a second-hand shop, we went go-karting, and we watched the Rugby World Cup final. Okay. None of which I'd have been able to do in the UK absolutely on not. Saturday. No, absolutely so not. They're fucking sucked. I'm, I'm glad we did that. Um, how cheap How cheap is a beer in I, Bulgaria? I think it was about four to five lev. 
46 lev and it's roughly 46p to one lev. Okay. So it's about two, two, three, three, two three pounds. I like the I like the word lev as a currency. It's good. They have their coins are actually quite they look really old fashioned. They have like um it's like kind of like runic. The numbers look runic. Nice. It's quite cool. It's quite a good design choice. Love that. Uh anything good in the pawn shop? Anything good the second? The pawn shop. Yeah. You said second. You went to a second-hand shop. Sorry, did you say pawn shop? Yeah, pawn. Sorry, I think you said porn. Yeah. Can you say pawn and then porn? Porn, pawn. Exact same. Sorry, yeah. that's, that's exact same. Word. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, there isn't a difference in um, enunciation for me. There probably should be. Yeah, I think for, for instances like that. <laughs> I was like, I didn't go to a porn shop. <laughs> Why are you outing me? Um, it's because. So my friend. Sorry, you can you do it? Porn. 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 Again? Porn. Mm. Porn. 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 <laughs> That's slightly better. Mm. I'm also listening out yeah. for it. I would have, I'd, I'd just, yeah, they sound the same to me. Not me. Anyway, did you get anything decent there? In the porn shop? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, my. So, this, we did a similar trip in Vilnius last year in which mm. we did the exact same things and we did not do anything culturally Lithuanian. Yeah, and when we were there, we all we all bought like a tracksuit jacket there for some reason. The guys been and dudes. Guys been dudes. And so we went, and we all bought, we all bought something mm. from the secondhand shop. Bizarrely, what four out of eight of us ended up with was some sort of Norwegian cricket match. There was an absolutely disproportionate amount of amateur Norwegian cricket club merch. Right. None of, and it's all like. Just like the Oslo Trail Finders, yeah, some stuff. stuff like that. And yeah, it's, we're trying to work out why the hell is there this massive, yeah, 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 consignment of cricket merch. Sounds like a vibe. It was so I got I got a, a sleeveless something like a like a um, training top mm. that said had I don't know how, I don't know how to pronounce this last name. It's I think it's like it's, it might be Zahir, but it's H Z A H I R. Okay, and the number three hundred thirty three on the back. Cool. And my friend got a jumper with the exact same player's stuff. So Mr. Zahir donated his stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. to a second-hand shop in Sofia. What sports are the Norwegians good at? Because you've, you've got me thinking that. First of all, I can't imagine they play cricket. The cricket season in Norway can't be particularly long. No. Or good. Well, the one cricket club was founded in 2005. Uh, okay. That's how yeah. recent a thing it's it modern. is. It's modern. Okay. Yeah. They clean up at the Winter Olympics, don't they? I think so. Probably like... Skiing and ice skating. They've got a couple of football players now, haven't they? Because ha- Harland's Norwegian. Odegaard. So. Yeah. So they've got two players, which is probably enough to get them into the Euros. No, nope. They're in Scotland's group. No way. Absolutely. Put to the sword. <laughs> <laughs> By John McGinn's Barbie Army. Absolutely. Who's better, John McGinn or Erling Haaland? Who could possibly say whether Lyndon Dykes is a better player <laughs> than Erling Haaland? Remains Sorry, to be so they, seen. Ha- they haven't qualified. So I'm, uh, I don't, don't think they can qualify. Can anyone? I think Scotland and Spain have qualified from that group. No way. Yeah. Fucking Absolute hell. fucking eat dirt. <laughs> Erling. <laughs> okay. He's not as good at football as anyone in Scotland. And are we kicking off, seeing as we should continue the sporting theme, we'll kick off Back the Back to the sport. Back to the sport with <laughs> Edward Campbell. Um, uh, and, and, and now a report from the streets of Sofia where Edward Campbell watched <laughs> the Rugby World Cup. You know, an Irish pub surrounded by... Um, Lots of Bulgarians in South Africa stuff. Okay. Which I, I don't know why that was there. Mm. I, I didn't know Bulgarians had a particular interest in Springbok. Rugby. 
or rugby in general, or cricket, or Norwegian cricket. Yeah. If I'd done anything cultural, I could have asked. I'm pretty sure guys. the Bul- I think the Bulgarians are quite good at judo. How do you know that? Uh, one of my judo coaches was a Bulgarian lad, and <laughs> he was fucking good at it. <laughs> Um, no, they are. No, they are. Oh, cool. Yeah, they. I think also quite good at wrestling. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, though, national sports. Yeah. Anyway, if only someone had recently been, I could have found found out. Um, your thoughts and feelings on 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 the Springboks. I know that tradition. I wouldn't say this that the podcast has a particularly sort of um, rugby vibe. No, but I think it's worth commenting on for what what the Springboks team has kind of come to to symbolise and be in South Africa and the sort of the significance of them, the significance of them winning the tournament twice, mm-hmm. back to back, becoming the first ever nation to win it four times and also Sia Khaleesi's role as the captain and all of that. I think it's a very, it's a very significant sort of, it's like, it's the, the sport politics crossover, right? It, 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 it is a moment of huge significance um, in South Africa because the team sort of come, has come to represent a very uh, diverse country, you know, sort of 12 official languages, mm-hmm. all kinds of ethnic backgrounds, and, and the Springboks have sort of come to encapsulate and be the thing that kind of binds them all together. Um, and so them, them winning in this way is, 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 is hugely significant. Yeah, they must... I wonder, I think it was Jonathan Lewis said in his article afterwards for The Guardian, he said he wondered, like, do they feel a sense of, like, is, is, is it winning in a Springboks jersey worth more mm. to them than it is for an England player. An England player doesn't have a political role to play when they play for England. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 no, there's no, no one will say they beat, they won the Rugby World Cup. It wouldn't have solved <laughs> the political turmoil <laughs> that we've like, we found if, ourselves if in. If anything, it's like putting like five grams of cocaine in the Tory party. <laughs> like they are just, they are just going to go. They're going to make worse decisions. Whatever you thought was bad already, it's going to be far fucking worse. Uh, this is my mandate. <laughs> Jeans and shoes for everyone. <laughs> We're moving Whitehall to Twickenham. <laughs> Whereas in South Africa, there's a, there's a chance for like Nelson Mandela famously wore Francois Pinar's jersey at the 1995 World mm-hmm. Cup final. It was seen as a real unifying moment for the nation, and I think that was kind of the narrative around the spring was again that regardless of what is happening in the country that is so deeply divided, has so many issues within it, it's the one thing that South Africans can turn to and support. Yeah, totally. I think there's um, there's a really interesting line again in that Jonathan Lou piece, which was which was something like um, South Africa lived by refusing to die, but mm. essentially they just they, the way the way they play rugby is kind of and that's the analogy that's drawn right is the constant chase of like the one the one percent the sort of the tyranny of inches that that by by out gritting and out and out working you can just over a process of accumulation eventually become far better than all of the opposition. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of encapsulated by the fact that they beat France, who were before the tournament were widely considered favourites to win it. They beat them by a point in the quarters. They then beat England by a point in the semis. And both of those games, it was they got one point ahead with like two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And then finally as well, New Zealand, they also beat by a point. And I think you're, what you're saying there about um, it meaning so much more to them is super, super relevant. Mm-hmm. There's um, from the 2019 tournament there's uh Razzie the Springboks coach Razzie Erasmus he's giving a halftime team talk it might have been against Japan and he's basically like screaming at them and he's like um 
the people in this fucking stadium in this country, they have no idea what it's like. He was like, every 15 minutes, a woman is murdered in our country. They do not know what it is like. Put on that fucking jersey and go out there. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh it's like, it's pure, like, honestly, it's, um, it, well, it gives you goosebumps just listening to it. And, you know, despite not being South African, you're yeah, like, oh yeah, I'd probably, probably run through a brick wall right now. You think um, that's, that's why Scotland qualified for the Euros. They talked about <laughs> Scotland's drug death epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Clark in the changing room. We have the worst <laughs> drug death record <laughs> in the in Europe. <laughs> Scottish men are dying at rates unheard of. <laughs> Give them something to cheer for. Give boys. them something to live for. Give them a reason to live. <laughs> This, it might this is an incredibly poor taste. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, well. It's fine though. I can say it. Yeah, I mean, you can say it. Maybe I you can't can. say it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you said that, a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is deeply offensive. <laughs> that is deeply offensive. Um, yeah. So big, big news. I think I think you have to talk about Sia Khaleesi in the same breath as you talk about Jonah Lomu. I think as as a rugby icon. Yeah. The only it's, it's, a, it's a different different icon. As in, was Jonah just kind of strictly a rugby sporting icon? You're absolutely right. He wasn't. He wasn't. He came to represent something much more, particularly in obviously in New Zealand. And I think you can say the same, honestly, okay. about about Khaleesi. Uh, I think there's a really, really good video um, where he gives a speech about. I think it's after the 2019 World Cup and the South African team. I've given some like random award that I've never heard of before, but basically, like they go out there and he he gives a speech about essentially coming from where he's come from, coming from where a lot of the players have come from. You know, like. Um, Townships. Yeah, t- a lot of township players. Before the 2019 tournament, Cheslin Colby finds out that his best mate's been murdered. Um, there's a really, really touching story about one of their wingers, Makazola Mapimpi, where they did like some kind of thing for the for the team uh, where it, it, on their jerseys, it, where the numbers were, you know, so 1 to 15, uh, the colour was made up of sort of, you know, uh, photos of friends and family. Mm. So it was kind of like what we've been talking about, like you are here for South Africa. Um and Makazola Mapimpi didn't have any photos of anyone. But he has he had no living like no living family, no friends. Like he's literally just a kid from the township who played who's who's made it out by playing rugby. And again, Razi Erasmus, there's a video of Razi Erasmus telling this story and just like breaking down in tears, tell, telling the story. Mm. You know, where where they have come from, where a lot of these players have come from, uh, the adversity that they've overcome to then literally get to the top of the world twice, back to back. Um it's it's insanely impressive, and so there's this. I've forgotten the name of the speech. I'll probably have to stick it in the subreddit or something. But Khaleesi basically accepts this award and then gives a speech talking about that. And I really do. I think he transcends. I think he transcends being a captain. I think he, mm-hmm. he's like becoming like a cultural figure. Yeah. Even when even when like before before the game, right? You watch him sing the anthem. Fucking watch it um, again. I'm not South African, but <laughs> I sort of get. I sort of. <laughs> I get a little bit. I don't know. When he starts singing it, you know, chest out, head back, yeah, yeah. you can basically like see right up his and he's nose. Also, also the icon, he's the first black captain of the Springboks, yeah, as well, which yeah. as an icon, obviously, in yeah. itself is very important. Yeah, hugely. Anyway, so well done, South Africa. Yes, congrats to Bo- Go Boca. Yes, Go Boca. That's what they say. Isn't Absolutely. It? Do you want um, them to win? Did I want them to win? Yeah. <laughs> Let's undermine all that good work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because they beat you, they, sorry, they beat England. So you go, oh, well, then you kind of want them to win because then you lost the champions. 
Um, but no, I didn't want them to win. I I wanted I wanted the All Blacks to win probably. I, I love watching the All Blacks play. It's you know it's completely different rugby philosophy, isn't yeah. it? Um, the sort of South African like attritional like horror game versus the flying dare of of the All Blacks. Um, I wanted I wanted Sam. You know, if the All Blacks won, Sam Whitelock would be the only player in history to have won it three times. Oh, that's good. That would have been a good stat. Yeah. So I wanted I quite I quite have liked that for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought it was yeah. I'm ambivalent about it. It's it's a weird one. It doesn't really. You, if it was another Northern European, Northern Hemisphere team in the final, like if there was a Scotland and Ireland or whatever, I would be cheering on whoever was playing them. Yep. I would be fuck Scotland, fuck Ireland, fuck Wales. Um, but because it was two Southern Hemisphere teams, it was just like, yeah. Sport has won the day. <laughs> Rugby has won. Thank you for that dispatch, Edward. <laughs> Back to the news. Back to regular programming next week. <laughs> There's going to be so many comments, but we like. I bet our audience is quite anti-rugby. Mm, yeah, possibly. And quite like sports bolly. I think no. I think there is. I think there is a bit of it. Uh, there is interest in sport, and I, I think you can't. It's not like we're here fucking doing like the Gallagher Premiership <laughs> <laughs> breakdown, you know. So let's talk about the Cornish Pirates result. Yeah, <laughs> against the Ealing Trailfighters. Yeah. Um, no, versus you know, it is the World Cup. I think. I think you do talk yeah, about so it. So fucking. Shut up! You do talk. <laughs> you do talk about it a bit. I don't know. We we we've spoken. We spoke about the 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 Euros as well, didn't we, earlier this year? And Rubiales. Yes, I mean it's in Man City as well. Exactly. Body. Yeah, it's it's kind of people uh, shit muncher oxygen thieves love to <laughs> say that you know keep politics out of sport. Um, what are you doing? You know why? Why on earth? Why are we taking a knee? Why is the Why is there a flag for Ukraine? Why are the Palestinian flags being shown mm. at fucking um, at the Celtic ground? And it's like in your tiny little brain, I appreciate that you think this is just eleven blokes kicking a ball around against each other. Mm. It is not. It was not. It never has been. Uh, politics and sport are so fundamentally linked to each other. Even even the way that you and I now are saying, does the audience like rugby? That is a coded way of saying of talking about class, isn't it? Really? Yes, yeah, particularly, particularly in England. In the, the joke I made earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if England win, if, yeah, if England win the World Cup, that's like putting five grams in the Conservative yeah, Party. Yeah, like, yeah. It's because, and and actually, it's really I'd, I'd be interested in doing more on this, but you know, I can't speak to Scotland, but certainly in Wales, where I lived for three years, rugby is not a middle class sport. Rugby is a working class sport. It's a middle class sport. Or farmers in the borders and middle class in the rest of Scotland. Yeah. Um. And so it has different class connotations between between Wales and England, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, politics runs impermeably through all of these things, and um, to suggest that they're not that they should be separate or that they're not, you know, it's uh, it's just a joke, really. Yeah, not a funny one, <laughs> <laughs> like most of the ones I tell on this podcast. Absolutely. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Get out of my pub! It's the Politics Show Pubcast. On Friday, announced that Johnson, Boris Johnson, would be joining GB News as a presenter in the new year. Johnson will create and present, quote, a new series showcasing the power of Britain around the world. <laughs> Fuck. That's so shit. <laughs> Such, what terrible pitch. This sounds like appointment of you. <laughs> um, the, wait, good news, we finally have a fourth channel, GB News. <laughs> You'll have to get your television retooled. In the spirit of capitalism, we welcome our competitor to the marketplace. <laughs> uh, as well as producing documentaries for the channel, I would watch a Boris Johnson documentary. I would fucking lap up a Boris Johnson documentary. Let me tell you that, Ed, Ed Campbell. Um, he will also host, quote, the occasional special in front of live audiences. That feels like a Farage at large um, copycat vehicle. Yeah, but I, w- I actually wonder, I think there will be conflicts between what GB News wants Boris Johnson to do and what Boris Johnson would like to do. Boris Johnson would prob- probably like to do quite high-minded documentaries or lectures about <laughs> Roman poets. <laughs> and GB yeah. News will be like, you need to sit down with Neil Oliver and hash this out <laughs> once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson versus Neil Oliver, is COVID real? <laughs> the <laughs> defining <laughs> take. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, what? <sighs> there was a time when, having been Prime Minister... <laughs> used to be quite an important thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you sort of, um, you would retire either to the south of France or a shepherd's hut mm-hmm. and pen a memoir. Mm-hmm. You would publish the memoir that everyone in the political bubble would read, talk about for about three days and then forget about. Mm-hmm. And then you would go and do an after dinner speaking circuit at places like BlackRock, fucking HSBC, yep. um, BAE, or, you know, that, that motley crew of bastards. And you would just cream off that for the re- live out your days in obscurity. And occasionally, maybe you would intervene in the public debate yep. on matters of great national import. And people would take your opinion seriously and with w- the weight that the office of prime minister inherently gives it. You, you see, I'm thinking about this now and then I'm thinking and then I'm going, OK, so who could we say has done that? And then I'm like, couldn't say it about Blair. You <laughs> well, say- Blair has done it about... He came full send into Brexit, didn't he? Yeah, but, but he's also... Well, he has his institute. He's gone around making cash, advising autocratic governments. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, so, so he, yeah, so actually has been, has been maintaining the traditions actually quite nicely. Yeah. We he's inspired him. most no, of these. I'm just trying to... I'm just post, trying. post office traditions. I'm just actually wondering if, like, the nostalgia and the sort of the callback that I'm issuing, I'm just, I'm just now questioning, as I say it, whether it's actually real. Cameron? Whether it was ever real. Cameron did it. Theresa May's still an MP. Yeah. Gordon Brown, I don't think he took BAE money, did he? I, I highly doubt he took yeah. BAE money. He's busy living in 
faith and thinking. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about very serious uh, things. Yeah, no, he does. He does. His, no, um, John was it Laura? Were you telling uh, Gordon Brown has like a friendship with I think Shakira or um, s- someone uh, he like he does like uh, work with UNICEF I think about like oh. inspiring like reading and one of their other ambassadors is I believe like a reggaeton pop star <laughs> and so there's a ton of photos of them at like events together. Am I right on this? Yeah, it's Shakira. Yeah, and so there's like. I encourage the audience to Google Gordon Brown and Shakira. You will see there's tons of photos of them. Sick. And apparently they have quite quite a nice, wholesome friendship. Um, Gordon Brown, the the intellect behind New Labour. Shakira, deliverer of bangers. Yeah, and somehow we've escaped that. <laughs> Those halcyon days. <laughs> In just 13 short years. And Boris Johnson is now taking GB News cash to present... I'm going, to, I'm going to predict these documentaries won't be very good. And on what possible <laughs> grounds <laughs> do, you base, do you base those remarks, Edward? Um, the other output that GB News produces. Yeah, that would be a pretty strong, yeah, be a, be a pretty strong indicator. What? what? I, I actually think, you know what, fuck it. I actually think, presumably they're not going to try and broadcast the documentary live. You know, they can sit on it they can edit it and get it right. And I think that's, you know, that they have that going for them. Yes, but they can do that with their other stuff. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> their other films, fine. But like, you know, the live, the live bits and pieces where they cut to, you know, someone who's not there or whatever mm. and the audio is terrible, etc. It is quite hard doing live broadcasting, I think. So... So many other people do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. I don't know. I just... I think they can, I think they can hide in the safety of... of of post-production, can't they? What do you think? I think there is a very obvious answer to this. Mm. Why do you think Boris Johnson has done this? Well, it's money. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not pretend it's anything else. <laughs> You'll be being paid a lot of money for this. Yeah. I think that's the only reason why you would do, why you would do this. How poor is this man? Like, <laughs> what lifestyle is he yeah, sustaining? Like, literally, how what it, what is like what is the fucking alimony? Like yeah, what yeah, is yeah, what yeah. is he paying out to, um, to these women? He needs lawyers to review his contracts. His fucking like after dinner speaking gig. I yeah. said we were looking at it. It was millions, right? It millions. Was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was mi- millions of pounds. Uh, Daily Mail column, a lot of money. Again, a lot of money. And GB News. Yeah, like I think at least five hundred k. It's a real shame, actually, that he's no longer an MP, because oh, because you'd be able to get the declaration of interest, yep. yeah, register of interest. You would, you would, you would know how much it was. I mean, the column for the Daily Mail, if it's anything like the Telegraph, the Telegraph was was two hundred fifty grand a year, wasn't it? Um, so let's just, let's just assume the Mail was either that or more. Probably have to be more. Probably more, um, as he was now a, an ex prime minister. <coughs> Let's just for the sake of argument say he's raking in more than a million pounds a year. And I think that's undercutting it quite significantly. I think it'll be much more than much. He's earning much more than that. Why the hell does he need that much money? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> what is he doing? In fairness, though, like he's not the first rich person to want more money. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like 
I don't know. I have never heard of this before. <laughs> You've just been introduced to the concept of greed. <laughs> you, you're like this God, perfect. There's something really ugly about his personality. I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> you're actually this perfect, like perfect innocent. I'm about to uncover your eyes and introduce sin to you. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we live in an economic system called capitalism. <laughs> I've heard of gluttony, my boy. Yeah. Uh, Wait till you hear about billionaires. <laughs> what, yeah, okay, fine. So what's he doing? Why does he need the money? I don't know. He wants a, I... he wants a bigger house. He wants a bigger... He wants a boat. Mm. He, wants, boat. he wants his own jet. I... Mm. Is he doing it for money? Is the, is the, is, yes. is what I will follow. Is what I will. Hundred percent. Yeah. If he was doing it for any other reason, he wouldn't just be doing a documentary series about how Britain's good, and then <laughs> like maybe do live presenting. If he was doing it for like he wanted a consistent political platform or a voice, he would have a prime time show. Because there's no way GB News wouldn't want want him to have a prime time show. This is a negotiation between GB News and Boris Johnson between. What they'd have wanted, which is Boris Johnson being like the flagship presenter mm. and him being like, oh, fuck, yeah, fuck it, I'll do <laughs> one 10 minute special on Isambard Kingdom Brunel <laughs> <laughs> and then like Shakespeare every six months. Yeah. And you give me all your money <laughs> and then you can put me on the posters. And then Angelos is there like, yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm like, yes, we did it. <laughs> well, this is easy. <laughs> We're the greatest TV channel in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we are so back we're so back baby <laughs> admittedly guys our recent reputation is gonna have gone downhill we have filled the gap in our register with the pretend priest <laughs> with one of the former prime ministers absolutely Whoa! Do you know, great news his reputation just as good as ours oh <laughs> uh, it's so yeah <sighs> it's is there anything, what could he do that's more demeaning than this? Boris Johnson? Yeah, I think it's quite a demeaning thing for him to do. Hmm. I don't know, because this, and I've, I may have uh, given this piece of analysis before, I don't know if, um, if GB News is, I don't, I don't think they're pursuing it as, a, um, as like a business, as like a successful business. I think, you know, if, if they were a startup and they described themselves as a startup, you'd look at what they were doing and you'd see the deeply expensive TV channel mm -hmm. that basically no one watches apart from Downward <clears throat> and Farage. And then uh, the digital side of their business, which is wildly successful. Um, I think if you're the CEO of a startup, I think you go kill the TV channel. Yep. That costs us fuckloads of money. Uh, we're all in. We keep the studio, we keep the talent, but we just produce digital. They won't do that. And they haven't done that. One, because it's not, they're not serious about being a business. Mm -hmm. It's about prestige and it's about changing culture. And they need to do that. They need to be a TV channel because within uh, the political class, TV is still viewed as sort of, you know, the most relevant mass media form of communication. It's what entitles them to, um, you know, the, the ministerial broadcast rounds, etc. And so I think that Boris Johnson joining is is sort of a part of that, right? It's kind of, yeah, yeah. it's creating a, 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 a cultural vanguard, a media vanguard for the sort of, the right-wing politics that follows. It gives them legitimacy. Yeah. Which, they have quite a lot of people undermining that. 
<laughs> on their channel. Well, this is the thing, right? Because um, <clears throat> they lose Fox and, and the pretend priest. And they've net, and actually, I think those are net goods for GB News. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, you basically you, you cut off the cranks and then you go, okay, we're actually verging towards having to take this relatively seriously now. Um, you know, I think they probably just need to lose Neil Oliver. Yeah. The coast guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there must be others. Daubney. Yeah. But he's not like, I wouldn't say he's, he's not, complete, he's not on the same he's level. Not like, you know, he's not like completely discredited. If no. You know, you know, he has kind of, you know, he has somehow managed to stand for office. I think, did he, did he, did he get elected? Uh, Was he a like, Brexit party MEP? He, I think he quite possibly could have served former, in the European Parliament. And gives him one of our greatest ever public servants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I am just, I'm going to have to Google that, I'm afraid. I do want to look that up. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, Ed, you're going to have to riff for a little while. Neil Oliver was furious about this appointment. Was it? Yeah, raging. Oh, because he's like, you are part of the you fucking... You did this to us! World Economic <laughs> Forum, yep. Illuminati, you're Boris Johnson, the, big lizard guy. You're the reason that all our children are poisoned with a vaccine. <laughs> it's something he might have said. He didn't. But I, <laughs> I bet he thinks it. <laughs> he was. Martin Daubney has represented our fair, our fair nation... This this so this sceptered isle in the European Parliament. Do you think that's what one of the documentaries will be about? Martin Dobney's service in the European Parliament. <laughs> A testimonial. Do you think one of our greatest public servants? Something that would be more demeaning mm. is if <laughs> Boris Johnson was broadcasting broadcasting himself live on TikTok and just just ranting. Oh, what, but, uh, do, doing like the dog stuff, you know, drop a carrot in the chat and I'll, ah, you know, over and over, <laughs> over, and over again, <laughs> just over and over again. Doing like an NPC role right, play. Being, being humiliated yeah. by like Gen Zers. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or those, those ones with like drop a carrot is like, keep me, keep me awake ones. Like someone saying something with a fiver and a klaxon goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him uh, Clockwork Orange style like strapped into like a gurney with his eyelids held wide open. Or if he tries to become like a YouTuber but he's like 10 years behind the trends and is doing like prank videos. <laughs> yeah. Doing a cinnamon challenge. Yeah. That could, yeah. Would that be, would that be more demeaning than a, than a documentary series on TV news? <laughs> I mean, I it's, a, it's, it's an open question. He, he, might, he might make more money from being a YouTuber. Yeah, if that's what it's all about. I, I I just don't yeah you just see the after dinner after dinner speaker circuit right yeah we've th- there's that um viral semi viral is it Matthew Paris or Jeremy Vine piece that like rec- recounts attending a dinner that Boris Johnson have you are you familiar with this I don't think so pre pre all of this uh-huh. <laughs> pre 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 COVID I think even pre Brexit um I think it is Jeremy Vine he writes uh, does a I think it might be in the Spectator and he writes about um an awards show somewhere in Westminster of, of which he is kind of the, the, the au pair. No. Comp- <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he, is, he is Boris Johnson's au pair. Uh-huh. Uh, he's the compare and Johnson is the, is the, the culminating speech. And Johnson um, comes flying through the door sort of five minutes before he's due to go on, on stage, sits down at the table, the sort of, you know, the, the, the top table, writes down sort of, you know, he makes a big deal and his volume goats blah blah blah, blah death blah, 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 blah. goes up goes up on stage hair, hair up tie blah, 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 and then delivers like a 20 minute pitch perfect thing that ties together all the little things that he'd wrote together yada yada brings the house down everyone was like disgusted and appalled who is this Boris Johnson where is he blah, blah, blah. by the end of it he's won them over mm-hmm. 
with his boyish charm absolutely and uh and eloquence and then he <clears throat> flies out the door and like you know the tornado he's gone and Jeremy Vine goes oh that was, that was you know, incredibly impressive wow as if he just pulled that together 10 years later at another do Boris Johnson is the afternoon speaker and the entire thing starts to finish carbon copy happens again and so it's like oh you are not uh you are not some incredibly gifted like it's, it's a bit it's a shtick mm. and um I think if you can do that as he was doing it back then, except for possibly 10, about 10, 10x to a factor of 10, the amount of money maybe that yep. he's making, why would you not just go and do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because he, I think it's political relevance. I think it's media relevance. I think it's money. Money is obviously part of it. I, but I don't think you can say, I don't think he's done. You know? No, I don't think he's done. Do you think he'll have his own vehicle or will go back into the be welcome back into the Conservative Party? That is an interesting question. I guess it depends what happens post Rishi. Yeah. I don't know if he could be arsed, the admin of his own political party. I think him plus Farage could be a pretty heady political combo. The GB News Party. Yeah. Oh god, don't give him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he could be arsed with the... Like, like, he was Prime Minister, and I bet he fucking hated it. I bet, I bet he hated... Yeah. I, it w went nowhere near as well as he'd have liked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was difficult. He was wildly unpopular for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And it was everything he'd ever, he'd ever dreamed of. And I think that would be quite a souring experience. And also, if you, if you believe that you've had, you were stabbed in the back by your party... And you still remain very popular within the rest, like the the wider party, mm -hmm. and you, you perceive it as the MPs having stabbed you in the back. Then I think that would leave quite the bitter taste. Yeah, I just, I think he still. I think he he subscribes to the great man of history thesis, and he views himself as kind of a Churchillian figure, and you know, if you, and I don't get me wrong, I think if. If I was in his shoes, I'd be like, fuck this, never again. Yeah. After dinner circuit, Caribbean holidays. But he, he, he do you remember, he came, he came flying back from the Caribbean. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Like, we'll do it, Dudders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yep. And he had the MPs. He had enough to, I think, was it, it would have been, it would have been to contest with Rishi Sunak, wouldn't it? After Postler's Trust. I think is, is the time. I think so. Yeah. So in theory, he could have he could have come back and done it, but then he sort of stepped away, declined, even though he possibly could have done. So I think he still has the appetite for it. Um, it's just a case of the timing, I guess. Mm. I, I I could I could see him coming back. Mm. Can't keep a good man down. Anyway. No. Me and unless segue, he comes unstuck in the COVID oh, inquiry. Very good. You can't hey, teach that. You cannot. <laughs> It's the Politics Show podcast. Bloody big week. It is. It's a big old fucking week in the COVID inquiry. Witnesses giving evidence in front of the inquiry's chair. Heather Hallett giving evidence this morning are Martin, oh fucking, Martin Brackett's <laughs> Party Marty Reynolds. I just, it is only within the confines of Westminster that any of these people could be described as Party Marty. <laughs> like, <laughs> you organise one party. If I organise a party and party marty was turned up i don't think he'd get in <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> why can't i come in i'm looking at this, look at this crazy jumper i'm wearing 
Um, I brought apple ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, doing like a fucking everything in the world is about sex, apart from sex. Sex is about power. Let me in. <laughs> Some kind of freak. Let me in. <laughs> I've got a thing or do a thing or do to teach you about the world, boy. <laughs> um. So, Party Marty Reynolds, uh, he sent the infamous BYOB email, <laughs> inviting officials to drinks in the Downing Street Garden. And Johnson's former private secretary for public services, Imran Shafi. I think Lee Kane as well today, director of comms. Taking this week. And, and then uh, let us not fucking forget. Dom Cummings tomorrow. The motherfucker tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be good. Can't wait for that. That's going to be box office. 100% will be box office. Yep. Um, anyway... So they keep losing their phones, this lot. <laughs> so forgetful. So forgetful. So I don't, want to, I don't want to cheapen the discourse about the COVID inquiry, which is very important, exposing quite a lot of, well, but essentially just the complete and utter chaos at the heart of government as all this started. But they've, 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 they've run into some, um, some problems in large, large tranches of the inquiry. And this is not just um, party political either, but basically... Several of the key people involved no longer have the WhatsApp messages from the period. Uh, this includes the current Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, yep. the then Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, and then First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. And Jason Leach, at the time, clinical yes. director. Yes. And, it, and again, I don't want to cheapen this, but it got me thinking. And it reminded me of, um, do you remember during the Wagatha Christie shenanigans <laughs> when Rebecca Vardy's... Um, PA was asked to submit her phone in evidence <laughs> about leaking about leaking yeah. stories and she said it was at the bottom of the North Sea. Yeah, she, uh, she oh. as 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 they had issued their call for evidence, she had gone on holiday to Scotland, I think in about November. <laughs> Which, <laughs> which uh, for an English person is not something you generally do. <laughs> no, no, no. I want it to be darker and colder. <laughs> yeah, it's usually the reserve of like you and Laura. And it's only because of like familial commitments yeah. that you subject yourself to that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Family but Christmas. Nonetheless, anyway, so she did that. Then again, I think in November, was at, took a boat, took a boat out yep. into the North Sea and dropped her phone overboard, unfortunately losing all of the evidence that it contained. So it could never be proven or shown I think that she was the one who was leaking the stories that Rebecca Vardy was seeing from Colleen Rooney's private Instagram account that she was feeding them to her PA, mm -hmm. who was then in turn feeding them to the Sun, and that essentially was um, Rebecca Vardy's defence in court was that there is no evidence that w that we've done this thing, and I think the judge basically went like completely mental and said that he had never seen like such such a failure to disclose evidence in the history of any of the stuff that he'd been involved in, and everyone rightly looked at that and went well. You are clearly just, you're covering something up. <laughs> oh, no, my phone. Oh, oh, God, I've dropped my phone in the uh, North Sea. Not least, and I, you know, I, I don't mean this, it's, this is going to come across in a gendered way, but it, I don't mean it to, but the, these people like WAGs and their PAs, their phones, their social media following, that is literally like how they make money, mm -hmm. their life, it's very important to them. So the idea that, that, you know, someone who works in comms or is a PA would just act, would just be holding their phone over the side of a boat. <laughs> Big wave. <laughs> yeah, in, oh. in the North Sea. In November. Uh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, is it The Usual Suspects? Not The Usual Suspects. Is that what I mean? The film? It is a film. The, the usual one about Al Capone. Uh, is that the, what I mean? Invince, the under, uh, Untouchables. The Untouchables. Yeah. You know that scene where like the pram is going down yes, the yeah. stairs <laughs> and Elliot Ness is like... 
Her husband <laughs> holding her back. <laughs> Don't jump in the sea! <laughs> the evidence! <laughs> oh, no. My commitment to justice! <laughs> My reputation will be shattered! Sweet Lady Justice drowned that day. Is such bollocks. Anyway, so they, every, yeah, they exactly. have deleted the WhatsApp. Yes, no, no, completely. So anyway, well, so everyone, see, everyone sees um, Rebecca Vardy's assistant and Rebecca Vardy and their failure to disclose evidence for exactly what it is. And he's like, you are just fucking lying. Uh, and you think you can pull one over the court. I don't understand. Well, actually, I kind of I do understand why in the instance of our political leaders, when they say, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, so I kept forgetting my passcode. And it did that thing where if you do it like 50 times, uh, it wipes the phone. Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking, um, was that Lord Bethel? I think that was one of his excuses. Something like that. Lord Bethel, you don't even know. You don't know that an iPhone can do that. No. Your fucking spad has told you that, that, that it does that. And you've gone out and said yep. it. Oh, Richard, yeah, I kept changing my phone and, and blah, 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 blah. You, uh, do you mean to tell me that the man who is responsible for running the fucking country yep. cannot transfer his WhatsApp over to and a also, new phone? And also, everyone talks about me like a tech guru. That's oh, his thing. Yeah, yeah. That's his thing. Silicon Valley guy. Yeah, Silicon like, Valley guy. Where's, where's a hoodie? <laughs> where's a hoodie? Where's a hoodie? Where's a hoodie? <laughs> he's actually one of like, like an old person with their phone up to like times 100. 100%. Squinting at his phone. I also just, I want to be really fundamentally clear about this as well. Um... If you, for whatever reason, have some kind of uh, involvement with the police, mm-hmm. and that is not just, by the way, as in, you know, you do something criminal. If you're um, your, your party or you're a witness or whatever, and for some reason your phone is required in evidence um, for sort of digital forensics, etc. If you wipe your phone, you will face destruction of, of evidence um, charges, right? You, that, they, that is literally what will happen. If I don't know, if you're fucking... <clears throat> If you're being chased by the police because you committed a crime and then you fucking you whip out your iPhone, factory reset, gone, so that when they arrest you, there's nothing in evidence, you, that, you will face that charge as well. Mm. It, literally, that is, what, that is what happens because fundamentally now, so much of what we do can be proven, shown, etc. Where you are, what we do with phones, they're a huge part of, of, um, of forming the evidence file for a case. That, not ju- anything. It can, can literally be anything. And, and I've also uh, followed stories and tried, uh, uh, maybe I won't tease this so much as I want to, but nonetheless, there are people who have sort of um, submitted their phones in evidence to, to show one thing. The police have gone through the phone, found evidence of something else, and that person has then faced a criminal charge mm. for, for something that was totally unrelated. They were trying to help out, etc. Now they're a criminal. All, 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 of, all of this kind of thing. But if you're a politician involved, involved in managing the country during a crisis, mm-hmm. it's just, oh, yeah, fucking... Oopsie. Whoops. <laughs> oh, no. The evidence. Can you say whoops for me? Whoops. Yeah, they're nice. <laughs> nice. Whereas whoops would be what we do at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, that's a whoop. Yep. Mm. This is this, it's kind of like a porn, porn. Yep. <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yep. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... It, <sighs> are they destroying the evidence because of political embarrassment? Because, you know, we're already seeing things coming out, like them describing various science, scientists as, like, fuckwits. Dr. Um, Death. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Death, Rish Sunak, being called Dr. Death by some of, again, the scientists involved. Mm-hmm. I think there's, um, I don't know how the fuck George Osborne would know this, but he's been rambling on saying that he thinks there's sexist messages in the next tranche of evidence. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to, he, he, I think he was saying, he said on, on, on his podcast, he was like, you know, I... I've been told, well-placed sources have told me that there's going to be some pretty damning um, sexist messages to come out. I, I'm going to put it, um, I don't think you have to be a genius <laughs> to guess. 
<laughs> that Dominic Cummings and Lee Kane, who hated Boris Johnson's mm-hmm. wife, hated her with a passion, said some pretty nasty things about her on WhatsApp. Yep. I don't. I'm. 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 I'm going to suggest that George Osborne's well-placed source on that one was probably just his own limited rationalism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he probably no. Just... <laughs> He's a genius. <laughs> a very well-connected one. Uh, ugh. Um, yeah, it just seems that they should have. It seems bizarre. WhatsApp isn't new. Mm. WhatsApp has existed for over fifteen years. <sighs> fifteen years. If that, fuck okay, it. Why not? Yeah, it's not. An, not? It's not a new messaging service. Mm. So why have we like? Why? It, it show, I, suppose, I suppose this maybe speaks to a wider difficulty in legislating around technology. Like technology is improving and um, ex- expanding at such a rate that it's now beyond, like almost impossible to regulate. Mm. Like the AI, AI regulation, like AI, the AI summit this week. That's really important, mm-hmm. but. I'm kind of concerned that what they're talking about is like five years out of date. Yeah. Because chat, we've just heard about chat GPT. They're already probably developing something entirely new that we will, by the time the legislation comes to pass, will be redundant mm-hmm. almost. And also, if we don't have any, like, ma- like any regulation around politicians using WhatsApp, like what, that's not a new thing. Yeah, I just, I, I can't believe it needs saying the government should not be run over WhatsApp. You know, have they heard of emails? Yep. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's that outrageous to suggest that perhaps, you know, maybe there should just be some secure communication over email. That mm-hmm. that's, that's the way that maybe I, I might be generous and allow them a little slack for dessert. Maybe they can have a little, yeah, a little it, instant messenger slack. Why is it not like an in, intranet? Like why is it an yeah. external app mm-hmm. used yeah. by like, presumably their personal phone numbers? I'm going to go A because they're fucking idiots. Yeah, and they can't handle using <laughs> using something. Whoa, else. whoa, whoa! B, <laughs> Westminster is is run on WhatsApp. Yep. I don't just mean the government. I mean you know <clears throat> politicians, briefings, etc. All of it. Slight side note: I find it fascinating how like different demographics have different messaging apps. But so kind of like WhatsApp is millennial Brit, right? Yep. Uh, Gen Z, younger Snapchat. Snap, snap group message. They, they fucking hate WhatsApp. Americans, iMessage. GroupMe as well. They have, an, they have an app called GroupMe. I haven't heard of that. Which I only used when I lived in America. Right. And I don't use it in the UK. And my, one of my American friends was like, why aren't you replying to me? <laughs> like, it's been years. They, they eventually like messaged me on Instagram and were like, are you ignoring me? I was like, what? <laughs> then I re-downloaded GroupMe and I was like, oh, I have a, a year's worth of messages. Oh, <laughs> I just really? haven't replied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get in touch. Yeah. Hmm. So felt felt very rude, but like Brits haven't even heard of Group Me. No, I haven't heard of Group Me. Yeah, it's kind of just like WhatsApp. I don't really know what the difference is. Mm. We have never had it so good. It's the Politics Show podcast. Oh, the Art Conference. Yes, there's a speaking um, of cranks. Which we yeah, were there's, 15 a, minutes there's, ago. there's a there's a there's a meetup of prime cunts. In, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in London today. <laughs> Absolute worst fuckers in the world. <laughs> yeah. You know how oftentimes people say, you know, if you could drop a bomb somewhere, where would it be? This conference. That's a huge thing to say. All right. Well, you, you've just Bet. called. You've just called <laughs> for the assassination <laughs> of two government ministers. 
which I don't know. I'm going to disassociate. Feels illegal. <laughs> I'm going to disassociate myself from those from in those my words. Ro- in my role as editor of the <laughs> show, I would like to distance the publication from the remarks I just made. Um, yeah, so it's no seriously though. Come on, should we tell them what it is? And then yeah, they, yeah, then they can yeah, decide. More sense. Yeah, <laughs> then more they sense. can decide yeah. whether or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the inaugural meetup of the Alliance of Responsible Citizenship. Red flag. Yeah. Completely banal, soft-sounding name. Doesn't really make it clear what it is. Doesn't. Ah. One hundred percent. Something yeah. fucking nefarious is going and on. And it's the usual suspects. Who is it? Ned? Tell well, me. Headliner mm. Jordan Peterson. Okay. Which, if you want to give your... The bombing still stands up at this point. <laughs> I don't love the bombing bit. I'll be honest. I don't know. Call me a softie. Call me yeah. a snowflake. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not... I may not tell you... <laughs> um, you, MLK, me, Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> You. Right, right. <laughs> you. Yep. Jerry Adams. Right. Me. Yeah. Nah, I was going to go Michael Collins for me. I think they had very similar aims. <laughs> no, no, and obviously. Me, no, and, no, 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 do you believe Jerry I love, Adams? I love how uncomfortable this is you making believe, you. You believe I Jerry Adams? I love how uncomfortable me saying you're like MLK has made you. No, it wasn't that. It was more. It was more your your naivety believing Jerry Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Okay. Uh, continue. Continue with who else? Um, who else is there? Who else is there? Uh, Jerry Adams, believe it or not. No, he's not. No, he's, not <laughs> he's, he's one of the good guys. Um, Jerry, uh, Jerry Adams, not there. Um, Fucking new Speaker of the House of Representatives in the US, Mike Johnson, mm. household name, former Speaker of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, a man who's been named the most conservative senator in the US, mm. Mike Lee. Okay. Um, then you've also got um, Michael Gove, who's, I think he's doing his like bit of like taking the piss out of them. Because he did it at NatCon. He kind of, he, yeah. he spoke, but he didn't really engage with any of the NatCon ideas. Smart. I actually think it's quite smart political gamesmanship from him. Yeah. Because I think he feels empowered and strong enough within conservative party, internal party mechanics and politics yep. to be able to speak at these things, which are, for example, well, we still haven't told people what this Alliance for Responsible Citizenship conference is. It's essentially climate denial, right? That's what's going on here. It's certainly, certainly one of them. It's not just for that. It's one of the things. As in, like, they're all kind of just speaking about, like, high ideals about how to improve society. Mm. One of which, I don't know, might be denying climate change exists. Um, that is a theme amongst the speakers. I think I, I, would, I would struggle to disagree with the claim that the ecological collapse of the planet would be to the betterment of our society, Edward. You'd struggle to... Dis- I'm ironically saying they're fucking morons. Right, okay, okay. <laughs> I was really struggling with like the double negative there. I had two hours sleep yesterday, so that might be why. Bulgaria, Sophia, let's go. Who else is there? Um, Kemi Badenoch is there? Yeah, look, okay. Do I want Kemi Badenoch and Michael Gove to be bombed? <laughs> no. Obviously, <laughs> Thank God obviously, obviously, I don't. <laughs> obviously, I don't. Do I think it's appropriate for a government minister to be speaking with these 
with this cranks lunatics bag of cunts yeah no no I do not <laughs> and you have to question why why are they there what is it about the people who are speaking there but also the audience and the politics of the people in that audience and why do those two prominent conservative party politicians want to be parading themselves in front of that audience mm -hmm. most importantly in the context of where the conservative party goes next once Rishi Sunak is evicted from Downing Street. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's interesting. It's interesting. And, it's also, just, and also good for a joke about bombing it. <laughs> there's also just more and more of these events. Mm. Like, how, I don't, there's no real way that this is any different to NatCon conference. It's similar speakers. Um, <clears throat> Danny Kruger and Miriam Cates will be there. Glass oh. Perry. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's... My favourite double act. Absolutely. Sensible Kruger ideas for a sensible prison. Kruger and Cates. More Christianity. Fewer mm. abortions. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking the smell of freshly cut grass. <laughs> I England. love England. <laughs> Rolling hills. <laughs> no abortions. <laughs> Church on a Sunday. <laughs> and roast beef. And roast beef. And absolutely not one abortion. <laughs> Regardless... <laughs> Of how that baby was conceived. <laughs> the worst one. Think of the worst way a baby could have possibly been conceived. No abortions. <laughs> ah, cricket on a Sunday. <laughs> Read with mother. <laughs> Is this worse than me saying that we should bomb the conference? <laughs> yes. No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. I don't know. I'll leave the audience to form their own conclusions. Is that us? I think so. I quite enjoyed... Um, Dudes rock, man. Dudes do rock. That was a platonic ideal of a podcast once again. 100%. Two guys talking yeah. and talking about Malcolm X and Jerry Adams. Absolutely, yeah. Malcolm X, Jerry Adams, no women and no, no abortions. <laughs> as you've just said. That is the Polish Joe platform. <laughs> uh, see you in the subreddit after the episode for some good faith discussion memes, that kind of thing. Um, until then, see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.